0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show.
1: J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90 percent. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new insulation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory, authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying, J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, second to none. Whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L., 401 351 7600. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. JKL 401 351 7600. You're listening to the John DePetro show, folks. Weekdays we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dePetro.com. Just click the listen live. It's time for our legal segment. I'm joined by uh, Rhode Island, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, Tim Dodd. Tim, if you don't mind, I'd like to start off with this firefighter bill uh, that's at the state house right now. In the past, I mean, this is controversial. It's not getting the play that it's gotten in the past, maybe just because of everything going on with the pandemic or just for various reasons that the General Assembly is even in session. But it's uh, it's certainly been seen as controversial in the past and something that, that uh, has been defeated in the past as a matter of fact
2: and this is twofold um, this legislation that's proposed is an attempt to answer a concern raised by the Rhode Island Supreme Court about a year ago and it's also an election year and it, cynically this looks like a gift for the firefighters union from certain elected officials but um, there's always been an issue within firefighter contracts, John, as to um, whether or not um, cancer and other specific illnesses um, are determined automatically to be deemed work related. And the Supreme Court had a case about a year ago, and they were concerned that the Rhode Island statute regarding firefighters and cancer and their ability to get a disability pension didn't contain the appropriate language that a cancer would be, quote, conclusively presumed, close quote, to be job-related. So this bill is an attempt to now say anytime any firefighter gets cancer, Um, it's conclusively determined to be job-related. There's a small carve-out that if within the first two years of your employment as a firefighter you get cancer from perhaps something unrelated there'd be um, an exception. But for any other type of cancer, it's automatically determined if this bill passes that the cancer is job-related. Only one um, elected um, official, voiced any concern in the Senate. Um, Let's assume you get cancer. Um, We've seen all this litigation and these advertisements that some people get um, cervical cancer or ovarian cancer if they use baby powder. Well, if you get that type of cancer, it's determined to be conclusively related to your job. If you smoke cigarettes, if you're obese, if you know you get a skin cancer, a skin cancer from sun exposure, anything like that, John, is automatically determined to be job-related. There's a further concern. Okay, so you get skin cancer, let's say. That's treatable. At what point do you get your disability pension and at what point does your disability pension end if you should be cured of the cancer that you were diagnosed with? This this bill is not specific as to those concerns. Um, will there be a lot of pushback when this um, moves forward? I, I doubt it. I mean, the, the, we've talked about it before. you got to admire the firefighters' unions. They're very strong. They do for their members. Uh, they've got a lot of political clout. But this bill uh, could be a potential budget buster because you could have a young person who gets cancer, unfortunately, and could be collecting a disability pension tax-free, two-thirds
1: of their salary for life. You know, Tim Dodd, not only that, but with, with the amount of equipment, the type of equipment they wear now, where they have, you know, obviously oxygen masks and PPE that... It almost seems inconceivable that in 2020, I mean, it's very common many times for a woman that could get breast cancer. But suddenly now, if you're a firefighter, whether active or retired, maybe you were retired for 20 years and whatever, you smoke cigars, smoke cigarettes, you do whatever, uh, don't live a healthy lifestyle. If you come down with cancer, boom, they say it's job-related, and then suddenly you get your pension goes a tax-free pension there's also many people uh, tim Dodd, that they maybe they have a battle with cancer but they come out thank god successful on the other side and uh, the cancer's in remission uh what would happen to those cases
2: yes the, the the bill is silent on that and that's one of the concerns that was brought up by the league of cities and towns you could be treated for cancer successfully. Now you no longer have the cancer. At what point does your disability pension end? And at what point are you obligated to resume your employment? It's completely silent on that. Mm. This goes way too far in terms of um, attempting to protect firefighters. There's legitimate cancers, I know, that um, have a causal relationship to firefighting. Um, When you're at a fire, and you're breathing in smoke and you're exposed to hazardous materials, it could be the precursor to certain types of cancers, but not every single cancer in the world. And um, this makes it unnecessary for the firefighter who's claiming a disability pension due to a cancer diagnosis from proving that causal relationship. You know, if they had limited to, say, lung cancers. Just to use an arbitrary example. Well, that makes sense. You're breathing in smoke. Maybe that's um, something that would be an indicia. But let's assume you're a person and you've got a family history of, let's say, colon cancer. Um, Are there any medical studies that suggest that, let's say, colon cancer, by way of example, is causally related or more likely to occur in firefighters? Certainly, there's lots of data as to what types of cancers impact firefighters most frequently it shouldn't be skin cancer as an obvious example but that would be included in the bill um it seems to be a far overreaching bill from what would be necessary to adequately protect firefighters but it looks like it's going to pass this year john
1: folks it's the john depetro show with his attorney tim dodd tim uh, just staying actually um on first responders, this is an interesting story where you have this uh, with the mayor. Mayor Lorza wants a police officer charged with assaulting handcuffed man. He he wants him to be fired. Um, the it it shows I think the times just because normally in the past most of the time um, they would be silent on something like this, but uh, by doing by being so outspoken, it it almost seems as though he's uh, kind of forcing the hand because. I'm not sure how effective this police officer could be on the job, if then any time he is on a case, he'd have to answer maybe in court or any good attorney would then question. You know, isn't it true that Mayor Alorza was the one that you know he wanted you fired?
2: Well, Mayor Alorza is taking an easy layup here. Um, he's not going to get any particular pushback because while a matter is pending. Um, as a criminal matter, um, the officer in question, Officer Hanley, should say, say nothing. His lawyer is not likely to say anything. And this he, Officer Hanley has the right, to, to and he's proceeding through the um, um, law enforcement uh, officer's bill of rights hearing. Those are confidential. Usually you don't talk about what's going on in them. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about paring back the officer's bill of rights because it takes too long. It is secret. And essentially, you're down to one arbitrator who's the quote-unquote neutral who decides what sort of um, discipline is appropriate. So the mayor can say anything he wants. I think this guy should be fired. Well, that's a nice political statement. That's going to get you some good press headlines and folks who have it in for police officers these days or um, um, are uh, incensed by um, these floods where there's um, um, brutality of some sort, I mean, some of the heinous, hideous cases like uh, Mr. Ferguson and other lesser cases, but unless and until this plays out through the Officers' Bill of Rights hearing, this guy will remain suspended with pay. He's not gonna get fired. And if, he, if the mayor attempted to fire him, um, there'd be litigation over that decision because this officer has contractual rights, contractual rights as a union member, and he's got statutory rights under the uh, police officer's bill of rights hearing. So this, this officer's not going anywhere. He'll be suspended with pay. The mayor makes a headline. He scores political points.
1: But it's an empty threat. Folks, uh, coming up, we are going to talk about the efforts to stop this new book regarding uh, President Trump. Also, Dan Doyle used that and a lot more. We'll continue with Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from Miga, MEGA M-E-G-A brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today. 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair.
3: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchels at Innovas Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799.
1: Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com. Folks, remember, for all your tree service... 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket trucket service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com With us is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's, um, Dan Doyle has uh, not been in the news. You know, for many years, Dan Doyle um, was seen as almost kind of like a local hero and his uh, efforts down at URI and these uh, games, scholar games that he brought in and had the likes of Bill Clinton, I believe, and even Colin Powell, And then uh, suddenly found himself with an accounting problem. And um, he's been pushing to try to get this whole thing reversed. But uh, for now, it certainly seems Dan Doyle is going to be uh, remaining in Cranston at the ACI.
2: Yes, Dan Doyle has made a lot of poor decisions after he got jammed up uh, with criminal charges for fraud, um, for uh, forging signatures, for misappropriating funds. Um, to lying under oath he's done it all he had an 18 count um, criminal complaint brought against him which went to trial uh, my recollection is before the trial started he had a deal which like five two to serve or five three to serve he would have been out writing his book by now but he chose to go to trial yeah And as I recall, the jury after that, they deliberated for five days and they said this case was no slam dunk for the prosecution. So perhaps he thought he had um, more of a chance and it was not, in fact, a slam dunk, but he was found guilty. He takes his appeal. He had two major issues of contention. Um, And when you take an appeal, you're essentially challenging decisions that the judge, the trial judge has made. You're saying either the judge got it wrong by excluding evidence or the judge got it wrong by admitting evidence. In this case, um, the prosecution was allowed to put in a significant amount of evidence regarding conduct by Dan Doyle that he was not charged with criminally. The conduct which he was not charged with criminally was offered to show a pattern of conduct A pattern of deceit, a pattern of fraud. Now, on appeal, um, Doyle's appellate counsel, who are both very good lawyers, bring up the issue that um, the judge allowed a quote-unquote avalanche of evidence as to conduct Doyle was charged with. Supreme Court said, "Well, that may be true, but trial counsel, not appellate counsel, trial counsel failed to preserve the issue in." Rhode Island, um, if you don't invoke an objection to what the judge is doing, you lose your right to appeal. So when a judge does something you think is wrong, you're obligated to protect the record to interpose your objection, to challenge the court's ruling, to ask for a mistrial, or whatever else might be the appropriate request under the circumstances. If you sit by and you don't challenge it, you're not really allowed to bring it up on appeal. So the court said trial counsel didn't preserve this issue by objecting to it. So although appellate counsel brings it up, it's unfortunate because trial didn't. The second thing was that one of the prosecutors during the trial um, finished his examination of one of the witnesses. Then it's for defense counsel to cross-examine and it was a key witness defense counsel said no questions prosecutor is surprised by this and audibly says wow now the suggestion is when the prosecutor says wow within earshot of the jury because the prosecutor sits right next to the jury in the courtroom where this all was happening that that would taint or otherwise improperly influence or affect the jury the problem is when this audible statement wow was uttered by the prosecutor, it would have been for defense counsel to immediately move for a mistrial or instruction from the judge or to do something to suggest that this was an improper utterance that the jury should never have heard in the first place. The judge could have issued a corrective instruction. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard potentially a comment from the prosecutor. That comment is not evidence. It's nothing that you should consider. Or defense counsel could have moved to, uh, for a mistrial and passed the case, saying that that comment so taints the jury that you can't recover from it, and you've got to get a new jury, and you've got to have a new trial and start all over again. Again, the Supreme Court says appellate counsel properly brings up this issue, but trial counsel didn't preserve it. They didn't do anything at the time. And they brought it up, I think two or three days later, suggesting that the case should be a mistrial. Um, And the judge at that point said, no, you you didn't bring it up in a timely manner. We've moved on from that. Further, trial counsel didn't move, uh, didn't even request When when the trial is over, both the defense and the prosecution suggest what the appropriate jury instructions are that the judge should be reading to the uh, jurors. Defense counsel didn't even attempt through suggested jury instructions to uh, offer a corrective jury instruction, which would have taken into account the judge addressing any stray comments by the prosecutor. So really, on appeal, the Supreme Court uh, faulted trial counsel, with all due respect to trial counsel, for failing to properly preserve what might have otherwise been potent appellate issues. So the conviction stands, Doyle remains in prison, and as we've talked about at the time this trial was going on, John, he was offered a deal that, in retrospect, he should have grabbed that deal and run with it because he would have been out of jail. He could have written all the books and done all the exposés about all the people he was going to um, point fingers at for um, their conduct. None of that has happened, and he'll remain in jail for a considerably more um, period of time than he otherwise might have had he,
1: Tim at one time, Dan Doyle. I mean, he was uh, rolling. He was celebrated up at the State House. They were uh, building him. The uh, his kind of building headquarters down at the URI campus, which then remained unbuilt for quite some time. It was um, incredible fall from grace. But it's another example that when you take your chances in the legal system, uh, for whatever reason, he thought he could gamble and, uh, and could win, but he's come up short big time. Yes. And, and, and Tim Dowd, this is no time you want to be in prison either. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Now, Tim, it's, you know you had the John Bolton book, and now all of a sudden uh, it's like a new month and a new book against the president. And you start to wonder, my goodness, I know there's a book that's going to be coming out. Uh, someone who was formerly friend- friendly with uh, Melania, the first lady, start to get the feel there's going to be a book a month here. But this is another example of a book less than flattering of the president. And uh, it's a family member, and they were certainly trying to stop it from coming out. But uh, from what I understand, we've already seen excerpts of it leaking to the media.
2: Well, and, and I think what's happening is the new playbook for publishers of these sort of expose books leak it to the press, uh, leak it to media outlets, and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy to say to the court, hey, this book has already been leaked to the press. Um, A restraining order is too late, too little, too late at this point because it's already out there in the world. It's being quoted in various media sources. So you can't stop it because it's already out there. It's too late to stop it. And that seems to be the new play on the part of the publishers, not the authors. That happened with the Bolton book. Um, whether or not he violated national security uh, interests and by not having the book properly vetted before publication, the book was out there in the marketplace, not for sale to the public, but um, out to media outlets. The same with this book written by Mary Trump. Those seeking to have this book published are relying on the fact that, gee, this is a free speech issue. It's unconstitutional to suppress her speech. She's got a first-minute right to speak, um, and that's that's the tack that the publisher and advocates for this book coming out are taking. Trump's brother, um, who is the plaintiff trying to stop the publication of this book, is going on a theory that um, years ago, when Donald Trump's father passed away, Fred Trump, that there was a will contest, and I guess it was a very messy estate situation. And at the time the estate controversies and fights were settled amongst the family members, Um, they all signed a non-disclosure agreement that they would not publish, author, disseminate um, all of these family um, skeletons, secrets, um, areas of dispute, whatever you want to call it. Now, the NDA has apparently been shown to the court it has not been made public. Um, there's a full form that a court's seen. There's been redacted forms. But the real question here is the enforceability of the non disclosure agreement. Presumably, Mary Trump signed the NDA like 20 years ago. Yep. And in exchange for signing that, she got money. Huh. So it's a, it's a legally binding and enforceable contract. She signed saying, I'm going to get money. I'm agreeing not to sit, do this, that, and the other in terms of disseminating family secrets. Now that she's got the money, now she's saying, well, I want to disseminate this because it's not fair that this NDA would muzzle me for the rest of my life. That's the issue that has to get litigated. Now, if the court ultimately allows this book to get published and does not grant um, injunctive relief in a permanent manner, then what's going to happen is you would have to look at the NDA to see what the penalty provisions are. Can she be sued for the profits that she makes? Um, Is there a certain set forth in the NDA as to what the violator pays if they violate the NDA? I mean, either NDAs are enforceable or they're not, John. If people can willy-nilly take the money, sign the agreement, and then after the fact come out with all the information anyways, there's got to be a penalty for that or NDAs become meaningless.
1: Yeah, okay, I don't understand, uh, Tim, and I know some people, uh, because of, you know, certain situations in the past with, like, Harvey Weinstein or uh, Roger Ailes, whoever, but uh, Bill O'Reilly, people, these, the signing of the, the NDA non-disclosure agreements, but from what we understand in Hollywood, it's very, very common. You're going to be in a film with, say, George Clooney and... You want to be on the film. You're going to sign this NDA. That means you're not going to repeat things that maybe he said uh, when they were getting ready to film, uh, after the filming that night at the cast party, all, all kinds of things like that. Or the same thing a lot of times if people that agree to go and you're going to be a nanny for a famous couple in Hollywood, you sign a non-disclosure agreement. You're not going to write a book, tell-all book about I saw this or this happened with the child – but I don't understand, Tim Dodd, how they, these are being violated. I mean, this woman signed an agreement that purposely was was set in motion to prevent her from doing exactly what she's doing right now.
2: Well, but the trick is the court could say, well, Mary, you you can't be um, disseminating this information. But Mary isn't the one disseminating it. In this case, I think it's Simon & Schuster. So okay. Simon & Schuster saying, well... We're not bound by the NDA. We can publish anything we want. If Mary's going to get slapped with a contractual lawsuit over the NDA after the fact, that's between Mary and the Trump family. But as the publisher, we can publish it because she's written it and we've paid her to write it. If there's adverse consequences, that's her problem.
1: Yeah. Folks, coming up, uh, we are going to talk about that situation with uh, that Amy Coomber, the woman in Central Park, and also... um, uh, the Biden administration policing are getting more information about exactly what they want to do with immigration. It's all ahead with Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePetro show. This portion of the John DePetro show is brought to you by Nega MEGA Professionals. Call them today 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They're here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, AKA sleep-at-home drivers, class AB, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA MEGA professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals.
0: I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be. And neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island Family Business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this
1: A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, call today, free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's A.E. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401, 353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise, 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aEmazika.com. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show, folks, weekdays from 11 to 2. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is with us. Dan, very interesting story about Ed Fitzpatrick. I love this funeral home in uh, Greenville. Talk about going to a wake. Well, get ready for curbside condolence
3: yeah this is uh uh, you know just another one of those uh i guess you would call it innovations that we're seeing from the coronavirus and you hate to laugh at it obviously anytime somebody you know passes that's a it's tragic and you you feel for any family but what's been more tragic and you've covered this a lot john uh is you know the number of emails that i get from people who say you know my my grandfather passed away my husband passed away and uh, we weren't able to have any sort of mass or anything because of, because of the coronavirus. Uh, and, you know, funerals even still are really limited. And, and so this idea of that there's at least one. And I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, these funeral homes do this. The Anderson Winfield home uh, out there in Greenville says, yeah, we're going to do uh, basically drive yeah, dr- curbside calling hours. and." Uh, but it just it seems to make some level of sense. Now, it's never going to be the same. Right. And, and you you would have to uh, you know, you'd know you have to still make lots of plans and it's a difficult time. But it does offer, you know, grieving families at least one way, um, uh, you know, to to uh, celebrate and, and, and recognize that, you know, their family members who have died. And, and here's the thing, John. I mean, you know, for all the good news that we're seeing in Rhode Island about the coronavirus, when you look around the country uh you know you see cases spiking in in lots of different places you do wonder i mean is it only a matter of time before you start to see more here and then you know while reopening has again gone relatively well here do you potentially have to step back do you have to cut back and and the first things that they're going to do that state leaders will do will be right close the nursing homes they'll you know limit the number of people at at you know big gatherings like funerals or or masses and so I I think uh this seems to be potentially something that we're that we're gonna have for a, a little while now and uh it seems like a good idea to me
1: the um you're exactly right Dan isn't it amazing I mean and I was telling someone uh it is daily that I get messages emails so forth about the nursing homes uh right now that's become predominantly nursing homes and then also the situation with how families are grieving with the the funeral homes it's and uh, then just the funerals it's 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 gut-wrenching it's so sad but and I try to explain to the people I can ask the question a million different ways as far as the nursing homes the governor and Dr. Scott they're not budging the nursing homes they feel is really where the virus can spread and I know it's they don't like the answer, but that is the answer. They they just refuse to cave in. And I, and you've been, I've asked with the mass and Connecticut are more lax with allowing people to visit the nursing homes than Rhode Island is.
3: Yeah. And what, what do they, they, you know what they say? Cause I, you, I, I probably heard you ask this question six times in these press conferences that they, they kind of smile, grit their teeth and they say, we respect what, what Massachusetts is doing, but you know, we're going in a different direction. They clearly have. Uh, a deep fear that that you know this is a problem. I think it's important for folks to know. I think you would agree, John. <laughs> the governor does not like to be on television telling people they can't visit, you know, their sick uh, uh, relatives at nursing homes. Right? That's it's not a good look. It it, it's, it feels terrible to say she has an older mother, uh, but it is what they they seem to be sticking by. Now they're going to relax a little bit. They're going to have visitation uh beginning today at some of these nursing homes so you know you 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 are starting to see movement but i I think i mean if you start to see an uptick in cases and it's not crazy that we will in fact it it seems likely that you'll see at least some level of uptick uh you could easily see a scenario where they roll everything back uh or at least roll some of the things like nursing home visits back
1: you know dan not only does she not like the answer if you've noticed she actually then they did the maneuver where she steps aside, and it's Doctor <laughs> Scott who's answering the questions on the nursing homes, doing kind of the good cop bad cop. Not only does she not like it, she doesn't do it. Doctor Scott is the one that's answering all the questions on the nursing homes. The governor doesn't want any footage of her. You're exactly right on tape. Uh, that is not a good look. That'll never be a good look. And, and for depending folks, on it, with go ahead it,
3: for folks who uh, you, you don't always get to see this so if you're watching yeah. at, at home, but for folks who. Uh, who, who, you know want a little bit of inside baseball on this being in the room with you uh you see the governor step to the side and then just yes. uh stare at you for a little while yeah <laughs> while, while the while the question is answered
1: <laughs> yeah and and, and let's doctor scott take the lead dean mcgowan also um i just want to uh touch on as well uh mayor alorza wants uh, you know we we've been speared some of the the police situation that that goes on in other cities but from what I understand, this uh, officer that, I guess, uh, the hit uh, suspect in custody, are we hearing that some mayor laws wants him terminated?
3: That's right, yeah, that's Sergeant Joseph Hanley, who, by the way, um, you know, I don't know particularly well, although when I was at Channel 12, we did a couple of stories uh, sort of with him, because he's, he's pretty a, a, a pretty accomplished police officer, um, and, and so, you know, did, did a few stories on, on some of the work that he had been doing. mean generally my understanding has a relatively good reputation but uh you know it's caught up in a situation where again has been he's been charged with a crime here it's a misdemeanor but he's been charged with assaulting uh you know a suspect who was in handcuffs so it's a terrible look uh it's interesting right now to see the uh the mayor you know it it obviously has to do with everything else that's happening in, in the country you know the mayor just yesterday came out and said yes we're going to move to terminate but it takes a long time because of the law enforcement officers bill of rights i think that's the first time maybe he's done it one or two other times but it's the first time that it very directly uh the mayor has issued a statement calling for someone to be terminated and by the way just for for your interest here the not only is he calling for the officer to be terminated nobody asked what he thought they put out they, they proactively put out a statement saying oh. uh yesterday because because to be honest with you i when i saw the statement i called and i said hey is there something i don't know here is there uh you know is there a video or or something that you know channel 12 is airing and the answer is no it was the mayor wants it to be known that they're moving towards termination so you, you see there there is a little bit there's a level of politics here um, but, you know, at the same time, this officer, again, was was uh, is charged with a crime. So it's not just a, you know, an allegation of abuse that he's been charged. And we'll see how it all plays out. The thing is, let's be very clear, though, you know, as, as the as state lawmakers talk about developing or, you know, reforming that law enforcement officer's bill of rights, there's nothing in the law enfor- in, in the even the, the proposed uh, bill by. Uh, Anastasia state rep Anastasia Williams there's nothing that would stop a you know a, a long process of playing out I mean they're not saying we want to get rid of the Bill of Rights they're saying we want to you know add more people to the committee that decides on discipline we want to do a bunch of other things and so you know this is part of kind of that due process uh, 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 situation and so well, I guess we'll see how it plays out but if you were a police officer and the mayor was calling for you to be terminated you know imagine if he's all if everything was cleared and he was okay after this you can't imagine wanting to be part of a police force that the the mayor has called you out by name and said you know i want him gone
1: Dan McCowan, also, it's unusual. Here we are in July. The General Assembly is still in session. I also just want to mention, I was up very early this morning, whatever, it's late last night or early this morning, uh, but I got my hands on uh, Speaker Mattiello. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on the website. I saw He I saw put that. out a constituent survey. First of all, he he takes the Trump slogan of Promise free, Promises, made, okay. Promises, kept. But he has seven questions on the survey. Five of them have to do with Governor Abundo. Yeah,
3: well, t- sign of uh, the times in terms of how, you know, how much he, uh, uh, you know, cares about what people think about the governor. And what I'll be interested in, John, you, you can break it down yourself because you're reporting it. But the the questions, you know, marijuana legalization, what do you think about yep. free college uh, It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, we know from past experience that the speaker takes, you know, as, as anyone should, he takes his uh, district uh responses very seriously right the whole reason we have car tax you know car tax reform is because of the voters of district 15 this is not something that was pushed out of providence um and and i think what will be interesting to see is the results he get that he'll never show them to us but this summer as he's campaigning you know if he suddenly uh shows some level of flexibility let's say on marijuana you can bet that it's because the the voters of district 15 are saying yeah, we you know we either don't care or uh, this isn't a big deal to us. Uh, you know, maybe support it. Uh, he, he definitely shapes his uh, you know his views on the campaign through what his constituents tell him. Uh, and yeah, it is notable that he gets so many questions related to Governor Raimondo's policies.
1: Um, And as far as the things that they have to do, you also uh, map that out in the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan.
3: Yeah. So, you know, first of all, first and foremost, they have to get a budget done. Uh, We're still same holding pattern we've had in for months now, waiting to find out if Congress is going to, um, you know, deliver more stimulus money that that could potentially be used to plug this $600 million uh, deficit that they that they need to close. Uh, and then, you know, I think none of these guys have an appetite to do very much of anything else um, this this summer. But this week, their hearing committee, you know, I think just yesterday, uh, we now know that the question about plantations will be on the ballot this November. So that's a done deal. Uh, you know, you're, you're seeing a handful of other kind of I hate to say smaller items because they can be important. Nursing home standards, things like that. But what you really you know, what all these the, the legislature really wants to do is. They want to get through a bunch of these committee hearings. They want to get. They want to know what their budget's going to look like, and they want to be out of here by August so that they can actually campaign. Uh, and truth be told, you know, they would love right now to be on the beach before they campaign. Uh, but you know, if you if you suddenly find yourself August, you know, uh, the first week of August doing this work, uh, and you're still a, on Smith Hill rather than in your district knocking doors or you know trying to figure out how to campaign in a coronavirus world. Uh, you know, I think it does probably help some of these um, these challengers because they can work while the the legislature has to do, let's say, the real work uh, at the state
1: statehouse. Hey, before I let you go, this uh, business of the lieutenant governor and they're trying to, you know, this petition for small businesses. I, do you do you get any impression that that's having any type of effect on the decision making by Governor Raimondo?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's a it's a great issue for the lieutenant governor, because let's let's assume that at some point, Governor Raimondo probably will, like many states, release a little bit of money, uh, you know, some portion of that money to help the small businesses. The lieutenant governor can say, hey, look, this wouldn't have happened if not for me. Uh, and she'll have no way to disprove that. Uh, you know, look, I think you've been in these press conferences. The governor's been fairly clear. She wants to be pretty conservative with that money. It uh, doesn't sound great for a lot of people because she she basically says, I want to see if I can use this money for our budget holes. And, yeah, you know, I understand the, the frustration. I know plenty of business owners who could use a little bit, of you know, a little bit of a boost. I think Dan McKee has picked it as an interesting issue. I will say the politics here are, are are interesting because i i don't think the truth is that the governor uh, or the governor's staff uh care about anything that that lieutenant governor dan mckeith says i don't think that they're offended i think they roll their eyes and they move on but uh in the end it may work out where the lieutenant governor can take a bunch of credit for some of this money being released
1: that's a that's an excellent point because this is one of those things it's it's kind of there but i don't hear a lot of noise about it um it's kind of a passive aggressive approach to trying to you know be relevant and and try to get some money that's a very good point that then any money that comes to kind of claim it finally let me just ask you about voting and uh, how much is this big at the general assembly regarding exactly what our election is going to look like in november
3: well, this is the, the really interesting thing. You know, in June for the
1: presidential... And actually the primary, the primary in September. The,
3: well, in September, yeah. right. In June, right, they they sent out mail ballots to everybody, and it was relatively expensive. I think Channel 12 had a story on this, a couple of million bucks to, to get everything out. And there were a bunch of hiccups, as you know, but, you know, with this sort of lingering virus, especially, I mean, I think especially heading into November, because potentially you're getting into flu season, and and you could have a really you know scary scenario there but uh there is there there's movement uh, from you know various good government groups who are saying hey you gotta give mail ballots to everybody you gotta send them out to everybody uh the the legislature at least the leadership seems to be uh very hesitant to support that in fact you know, and the, I think the bill was postponed this week, but they were actually considering, you know, uh, kind of forcing people to go through more loopholes, uh, you know, right. have to have an excuse for, for voting early, things like that. Uh, and that, that's been tabled now. But I think there's a real divide. And you've seen this the whole way. I mean, you can't not think that this is, you know, if you're an incumbent, if you're Speaker Mattiello, you remember 2016 when he knew the number of mail ballots that he had. These guys, they know how to run the, their their local campaigns. And when you're trying to fight for reelection, any sort of change in the dynamic, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, it, it forces them to change everything they do. So I think a lot of these guys, they say, look, I've won multiple times this way. This is all I care about and keeping it this exact way so I could run the exact same campaign I've run before. You, you cannot underestimate the local politics that goes into you know any of these voting rights bills uh and so it's going to be something to keep an eye on but my gut would be you're not going to see very much of a change
1: folks he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe Dan uh folks I start each day with an email from Dan McGowan you can get one as well and it gives you a full preview of everything that's on tap for the day including some of the links to some of the top stories but the question Dan McGowan is how can someone listening receive that email
3: the easiest thing in the world, if you're listening right now, send a blank email. You don't have to write anything. Just send it to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Uh, dozens of you do this every single week, and, and you get added right away. Five days a week, well, every weekday, we're going to send out. You're going to get new reporting from me. You're going to get the best stories that we have in the globe, so you can kind of read them all in one place. And then you get the rundown. The governor's press conferences today. Here's what... You know, here's the big hearing on Smith Hill, things like that. Super easy. RI News at globe.com. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
1: Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. All right. See you out there, John. Thanks. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Mendon Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305 3585. 305 3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kaiberry, berry, honey, maple syrup, beef, fresh gum. And It's My Health. At ten ninety nine, Menon Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over two hundred and fifty bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking, and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland.
4: Attention, business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchels at Innovest is here to help. Give her a call at 401 321 2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You gotta freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website, or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social 2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com
1: Mega logistics they're there to help you give them a call today 401-431-2300 nega logistics if you have freight you need freight goods third-party brokers for your company your housing and transportation how about custom freight supply chain management routing Mega Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. Remember now, Providence and North are Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, dipietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that anywhere in the world you can listen while we're live on the air and then right below that on the dashboard at the website you'll see where it says radio show if you ever miss any part of the show you just click on radio show and folks boom there it is you can pull it up it's all in library fashion and remember the uh, facebook live is very very popular check out the facebook page it's john dipetro show on facebook and then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DiPietro Show. The pandemic,
0: civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show.
1: Ron's Pastry Gourmet, located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. First of all, how about free coffee for police and military? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, you're going to find incredible selection. Now, they are right off of Silver Spring Street, right near the Cellos, and they're next to AAA in Providence. Look for them on Facebook, Ron's Pastry Gourmet.